May the peace of Christ be with each and every one of you. It is a joy to be here uh, with you this morning, and I was uh, really honored to receive the invitation from Pastor uh, Peter to be with you today. Um, you know, we come to church, we worship the Lord, we sing songs, it's beautiful, uh, we feel the presence of God, we, we Christians like this kind of environment as a weekly activity. We come and we rejoice, and we should, because our God is really merciful. And the psalm that we're going to dedicate our time today is a psalm number 13. We're going to pray, I'm going to read soon, but just for us to, to warm up and prepare our hearts, we, we sing. Christians like to sing and worship the Lord, as we say. If you are our guest here today, you're going to see we, we have worship. This, this is good. We, we honor and we glorify and we give thanks to the creator of the universe. And this is a joy for us. We teach our kids to do so. But in the Bible, especially in the book of Psalms, uh, it's not all the time worship and praising the Lord. There are psalms like this one we're going to read today, Psalm number 13, that are called Psalms of Lament. Psalms when you are feeling downcast, when you think that God is not listening to you, when you feel bad, we, we are persecuted, when you are uh, sick, when... You think even your prayers are not there or God is not even looking at you. They are called psalms of lament. When we, we come to the presence of God, not to uh, starting worshiping because we are so happy. We are sad. We are broken down. And 30% of the psalms in the Bible are psalms of lament. God in his wisdom, when he decided to reveal himself to us, he put the book of Psalms just to teach us how to, to praise him, how to put words in our mouths in order for us to talk with him. And among those Psalms, those are the ones called Psalms of Lament. And this is one we're going to dedicate today. Let, let's pray one more time. God is here, but let's just ask for his guidance as we share his word. Father, we, we continue in your presence and as we read the word, your revelation, your special revelation for us, we ask your Holy Spirit to guide us, to, to speak to our hearts and minds, to, to make us understand what you have reserved for us. Uh, transform us, open our minds, uh, give us a, a deeper understanding of your word and a transformation in our lives. We want to hear from you. We need you. And we are here uh, because of you, then, then, then speak to us. This is our prayer, always trusting in the powerful name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's read this text, Psalm number 13. This is what the Word says. How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle in my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Look on me and answer, O Lord my God. Give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death. And my enemy will say, I have overcome him. And my foes will rejoice when I fall. But I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise, for he has been good 
uh, to me. If you are like me, we always have adverse situations. We have uh, difficulties in life. Even as Christians, life, as I said before, is not only joy and, and celebration. We have pain. I remember the beginning, my beginning days when I started learning theology and preparing myself to become a minister. And a, an accident has happened in my, my, my family, uh, in a car accident, where my aunt that I liked so much, she, she passed away. I received a phone call say, hey, we have an accident. Your father was there driving, uh, but your aunt was in the car. She passed away. Grandma was also there. And they did not explain what has happened with grandma and my father. And I just thought in my mind, maybe they are all dead. And they said, this is my aunt just to prepare me. I have to take a bus and take a long time to get home. Maybe they are just saying this, you know. And I was on the the, the bus thinking about this and and, and in pain. Why, Lord? Why are you allowed to, to happen that kind of thing? And then you have yours too, situations that are, are conflicting. You are expecting to get a promotion and somebody sticks in and, and gets your, and you have worked so hard to get to that point. Somebody, as I said, dies in your family or, or you get sick with some infirmity that you don't know why. You always protect your body. You always have eaten the right things and suddenly you have some, such a bad thing happen in your body and, and you have those, those circumstances. And those sometimes affect our spirituality, our connection with God, our, our relationship with the Almighty Creator. This is why I put the, the title for today is a genuine spirituality or authentic spirituality. Uh, a, a Christian spirituality, a, a relationship with God that is it's solidified in the Word, that is meaningful, that, that is healthy. And we need to pursue that. In order to do so, we need to remember that in the Word of God, uh, uh, God Himself has prepared us to have that kind of a healthy relationship, healthy spirituality. And the way we're going to say it today, uh, this genuine spirituality, this healthy spirituality, three points. Uh, the, 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 the genuine spirituality, is, it, is not, it is not afraid to ask the hard questions. The second thing... Uh, a spirituality that is really healthy seeks God with boldness, courage, and intensity. And the third point will be uh, a genuine spirituality has its foundation on God's love and power. Then let's see, it is not afraid to ask the hard questions. We all have hard questions. As I said before, we come to worship. And sometimes folks that are not Christians, they are our friends, our guests, they are here today. They see us singing and they think that all the time we are just happy like that. We like to sing, everything, everything is okay. But only we know that life is not like that. We have pain and suffering on a daily basis. Sometimes though, Christians, the way we say it, uh, God is, uh, the, the language of God in our lives is so close that we are so bold to say that He is good, He is merciful, and He is, and He's kind, and He's, He's our Savior, our Redeemer. We are so confident saying those things that folks that look at us, they think that we are always high or we are lying or, or we are not in the reality because we have this Christian language that is, it is sincere, but sometimes we ourselves we come and we say hello and we are smiling but only you know that inside you're really in bad shape this is why i think this is important for you and me as we study this this 
chapter in the Bible that uh, healthy spirituality, genuine spirituality, a real, real relationship with God is not afraid to ask the hard questions. We do not, do not need to present ourselves as stronger than what we are. Because in the Bible, we have folks asking hard questions when things are going down. And this is why I see this in verses 1 and 2. Uh, hard questions being asked. And we see questions from uh, um, personally, internally, or spiritually. We, ask, we see questions about emotions that the author was having. And also we ask questions about socially. For example, personally, he starts in verse 1 saying, How long, O Lord? Will you forget me forever? This individual here that wrote this psalm was, was questioning God. And he used the word, well, how are you going to forget me forever? He was not connected with God. Something was bad. And, and, and he was feeling that. He continues questioning God. How long will you hide your face from me? Have you ever felt that, that God perhaps is not paying too much attention on you? He was, he's busy with somebody else. And you are trying to connect and, and you feel that, that he's not looking at you anymore. He, he, he doesn't relate with you. This is the feeling. And personally, he was thinking like that. Emotionally, he says this on verse 2. How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? One author uh, describing this when he says, How long must I wrestle with my thoughts? And day after day have sorrow in my heart. Gives the impression of, remember, I don't know if you ever faced this at night when you have a problem and you keep thinking about it. How are you going to do to solve that thing? And you spend hours thinking, I'm going to do this and that. And then you are in pain, you are suffering, but you're there trying to figure out what best to do. And when the morning comes, you are tired and the problem is there. Like, no, 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 no solution for that. And you are in pain again. The emphasis here is wrestle all the time internally. Emotionally, I'm drained. I'm, I'm downcast. And my heart is crushed. The psalmist has no problem to express this concern, this frustration, this pain to God. But socially... In the context that he was living with friends and enemies, he also asked questions. How long will my enemy triumph over me? Real questions. Even my enemies, folks that are not walking alongside me, how long they will they be uh, uh, triumphing over me? I'm a Christian. I'm a follower of Christ. I try my best to do what is right. And I'm not gaining I'm losing it. Sometimes we feel like that. And I, I love this text. And I love 30% of the Psalms. That give us words. To say those kinds of hard things to God. Say hey life is difficult. It is time always to worship the Lord. But it is also time. Every once in a while. To suffer. To cry out. To not have questions. And it is safe to do so. And in the church should be a, a really safe place to do so. Where we can express our spirituality, not to fake that we are okay. But some days we are not okay. Some days we want to cry. Some days we don't have answers. And moments in 
growth groups or even when we have a chance in our church here uh, every couple times a year when we have the, 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 the grace stories, when, we, when people share, they, they share painful situations. You see, life is hard. It's painful, but we can relate and we see the reality of the gospel because God is not unaware of our pain. He allows us to say it. Maybe this is why on those hard questions, we sometimes have hard questions because we don't know the reality. Remember this time when Jesus was walking uh, in the city and then somebody was, was, was a blind man. And the reality for the hard question in this guy was the disciples asked Jesus, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Being blind this is a very difficult thing. But the first reaction for the disciples is, who has sinned, this guy or his parents? And then hard questions. And Jesus will answer that this not about sin is for the glory of God. God has had a purpose, even with a hard situation as being blind. Or with those two disciples that were the disciples, those two men that were uh, uh, side by side with Jesus on the cross. They were making fun of Jesus. They were saying hard things to Jesus. But in the book of Luke, uh, he distinguished between them and says this. One of the criminals who hung there, hurled insults, insults on, at him, at Christ. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said, since you are under the same sentence? We are punished justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserve, but this man has done nothing wrong. Sometimes our questions are not Correct, but they are really indeed good questions. Seeing Christ on that cross, and he said he was the son of God, and he wants an illustration. But pain was there. And I remember um, a, a dear situation for me. My mom, the last several years, she started losing uh, her memory. It's kind of Alzheimer's. It's not Alzheimer's, but it's that, that area. And... Um, She's okay, but she has, I'm not a doctor, but she has about five seconds of meaningful conversation. She doesn't remember lots of things anymore. She just talks, but there is no, no, no trend to the conversation. And this is painful because she has served the Lord in the church for over 50 years as a volunteer, working every single aspect of church. She, she, was, she was a teenager for 50 straight years or more, almost 60. She was serving the Lord, and suddenly that kind of infirmity comes to her, and now she's there in a nursing home. home. And, and this is painful. But on the beginning, when she was still transitioning, one day she came to me and said, Son, I'm getting crazy. I said, No, Mom, you're not getting crazy. Said, I'm getting crazy, I'm telling you. I don't remember things anymore. I'm forgetting everything. And, and got worse and worse and worse. And one day she asked, you know what? I'm afraid about one thing. What if I forget the Lord? And I said, Mom, for this I have an answer. Even if you do forget the Lord, I'm quite sure he will never forget you. He will never let you go. He will hold you completely. Then don't even worry about that. But now she's, she's there. And because of her illnesses, some folks in the church start asking questions, hard questions. I said, Pastor, your mom served the Lord with such intensity. She was a blessing for my life. Why is she like this now? A hard question. Sometimes we think that serving the Lord is a free ride for success. 
But serving the Lord is serving the Lord. He deserves it if we are sick or not. And then I have the chance to say some folks get cancer. Some folks die in car accidents. Some folks, faithful servants, men and women of God, lose their jobs. Doesn't make any difference. But it's a hard thing. Can you imagine Jesus on the cross? Our own Jesus, the Son of God, the Redeemer of the world. He was there. About three in the afternoon, Matthew says, chapter 27, Jesus cried out in a loud voice and said, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That's bring, bring, this brings comfort to me to know that even the Messiah, Jesus, the Son of God, 100% God, 100% man, he was on the cross For our sake, in our place. And he had a hard question to ask the Father. Why have you forsaken me? Probably Jesus was even bringing this from Psalm 22. Which says the same thing. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He was reciting the word, his own word, towards the Father. Because the situation was really difficult. He was offering himself up for us. Asking the hard questions. And allowing us to ask hard questions. A genuine spirituality is not afraid to ask the hard questions, but doesn't stop there. I've seen Christians, myself included, that we like to complain all the time. And then we think that this is just biblical. We complain. Everything, single thing is, is a bad thing. People don't even like to talk with us because we are complaining all the time. And some Christians are like that. We complain about the weather. We complain about the church. We complain about the pastor, the elder, the friend, the folk that did not talk with us. We like to complain. The text here. It's not agreeing with that. Just saying that sometimes it's necessary to complain and to protest. But we cannot stop there. Psalms of Lament start with this frustration, this pain, this hurt. But proceeds, continues. Seeking God with boldness, courage, and intensity. Verses uh, 3 and 4 will help us with that. After presenting the complaints... The protests. Uh, the time comes when the possibility of victory uh, comes. He, the same psalmist that was questioning if God was even paying attention to him, he says on verse 3, Look on me and answer, Lord my God. And he's using the same word, God Almighty, the creator of the universe. He, he was in doubt on the beginning, but now he's transitioning from complaint to prayer from questioning to petition and said look on me and answer lord my god and this is why we need the word to to get to this level personally start transforming complaints into prayer emotionally he goes even harder in the prayer saying give light to my eyes or i will sleep in death and remember that this was written about 3,000 years ago, about 1,000 years, or maybe 700 years before Christ. And their concept of eternal life, they, they did not know many things. Jesus would have to teach them eventually. But uh, dying and death meaning losing. Saying, Lord, give light to my eyes, or I will sleep in death, or I, I'll be destroyed here. Socially, he goes on to pray the same topics that he prayed that he complained before. He said, "And my enemy will say, 
I have overcome him. And my foes will rejoice when I fall. He starts in his prayer saying, Lord, it is your name that is at stake here. You are here. Do something because others will say, what kind of a God is that that cannot protect his people? He was not thinking about himself, but the glory of God. So many times we do not know the historical context for the Psalms of Lament. Some scholars think that Psalm 13 came out of the life of David. He was not king yet. He would be a king eventually. But uh, Saul, the real king, was persecuting him. David was in that situation because God had revealed to him that he would be the next king. And Saul, out of jealousy, started persecuting him and tried to kill him. And then perhaps even David was in a, that, 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 uh, that cave when Saul came in front of it. And David had had even the chance to kill Saul. He decided not to do so. But some people say that this is the context for the Psalm of Lament, the Psalm 13. We don't know. But another context that could be would be the, that, that lady, that, that Christian, Christian follower of God in the Old Testament, Hannah. She had a husband, and this husband had two wives. One wife had kids, and she was the other wife, but had no kids. And she really wanted to have them. And she was anxious, and she would go to the sanctuary and worship the Lord, but in pain because she was suffering. And one day she was there. First Samuel chapter 1 says this. In her deep anguish, Hannah prayed to the Lord, weeping bitterly. As she kept on praying to the Lord, Eli, the priest, observed her mouth. Hannah was praying with her heart. Her lips were moving, but her voice was not heard. Eli thought she was drunk and said to her, How long are you going to stay drunk? Put away your wine. And then she answers, Not so, my Lord, Hannah replied. I'm a woman who is deep. Troubled, I have not been drinking wine or beer. I was pouring out my soul to the Lord. Do not take your servant for a wicked woman. I have been praying here out of my great anguish and grief. Perhaps this is another context for a prayer of lament, a psalm of lament. When we are so anguished, we are there. Seeking God and even people that are spiritual enough, mature enough to, to understand that you are facing a tribulation. We could even be persecuted and be judged, putting down by a, a prophet there. Just, no, I'm not drunk. I'm, I'm really pouring out myself because I need this blessing. I'm crying out for God. Not only complaining, but now intensely seeking God. And, and maybe this is your situation. Your in a situation that you don't know, it is hard, but you don't have the context. And the Bible is giving us, as individuals and as a church, uh, to experience this. As we learn how to pray, these words from the Apostle Paul can encourage us. Philippians 1 says this. Paul explaining, is explaining his situation, the Apostle. He says, yes, and I will continue to rejoice. For I know that through your prayers and God's provision... Of the spirit of Jesus Christ. What has happened to me. Will turn out for my deliverance. I eagerly expect and hope. That I will, I will in no way be ashamed. But will have sufficient courage. So that now as always. Christ will be exalted in my body. Whether by life or by death. 
And then he ends this paragraph. For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. It is possible to go and seek God with boldness, courage, and intensity. And we, I end this, 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 this second point with the words of Jesus on the cross. Oh, uh, before we went to the cross in Gethsemane when he said, Jesus went away a second time and prayed, ah, My father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, may your, may your will be done. Our master again, Jesus, the son of God. Uh, praying boldly to the Father when he was preparing himself to face death, our last enemy. The altar of life, praying to his Father and saying, if it is possible, take away, but let your will uh, be done. A genuine spirituality is not afraid uh, to ask the hard questions. Uh, A genuine spirituality seeks God with boldness, courage, and intensity. And thirdly, and lastly, um, a genuine spirituality has its foundation on God's love and, and power. We see in just few verses, not that the solution had uh, showed up in this. The problem is still there. But we see from devotion of a prayer comes uh, a worshipful heart. A person that trusts in God's love and power. He starts developing from complaining to put words in prayer. And then his heart starts changing. Not the situation. His connection with God. His connection with himself. His understanding of the plan of God. His desire to live and seeing his life from a different perspective. Verses 5 and 6. They end this chapter saying, personally and spiritually, verse 5, he says this, but I trust in your unfailing love. This is why we sang so many songs today, just to encourage you and me to see that our God is in control. He will not let us fail. He has a plan. This is why we are here. Emotionally, he says this, my heart rejoices in your uh, salvation. Even a painful heart that was in his struggling every day, he starts finding joy again in the Lord. This is why we encourage people to come, to share, to, to come into smaller groups, and, and, and to open up in, in, in prayer. And socially, he starts thinking about the whole community and also the plan of God. I will sing the Lord's praise in verse 6, for he has been good to me. When we start relating with God, we see our problems, not us only as mere individuals, but we start seeing from God's perspective. The God that created, the God that, that, that just saw the fall of man, the, 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 the restoration in Christ Jesus, and, and, and the redemption in Christ Jesus, and the full restoration by the end. We see the history from God's perspective. This is why we can pray like Psalm 23 saying, The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. And verse 4 says this. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. It is biblical. You might be facing very difficult times. But God is here with you. There is another man of God, Job, Old Testament, 42 chapters, his book, talks about his life. He was a faithful man. The way the Bible describes him, God himself said that he was a a, a just man. God was proud of him, his lifestyle, his communication, his worship. And one day, 
lots of tragedies start happening, if you are familiar with that text. Financial problems uh, and also life. He lost all his kids and was a devastation. When that happened, the Bible says this. At this, when Job heard, Job heard all those, those information, Job, Job got up and tore his robe and shaved his head. Then he fell to the ground in worship and said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will depart. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. He said that, but certainly he had many questions and concerns. Because if you read the book, 42 chapters, even his friends start attacking him. He had to deal with this, questions and questions. Why, why? And he was trying to explain himself that he had no problem, no, no, no sin in his life. But at the same time, he learns that he was indeed a broken man and he needed the Lord. But he was trusting in him. Maybe your situation is like that. And God will be with you. We need to know this. Jesus Christ himself was on the cross again. And he prays like this. Jesus called out a loud voice. Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. When he had said this, he breathed his last. Of course, we know that on the third day he was conquered by life. But he gave himself up and he Trusted in the Lord. Matthew 18, 11 says this. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, Jesus said. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. The message today is about reality being an authentic follower of Jesus Christ. By ourselves, we cannot do so. But if we trust in his word, our lives will be different. We don't need to fake joy when we don't have it. But we don't need to be complaining all the time because we know our merciful Father knows what we, we need. And we can approach him with boldness in prayer. And when we do so, we will contemplate his mercy. And then worship will be meaningful. We can sing even with tears in our eyes. We can worship Him trusting that He has a plan for our lives. And this will help us as a church to proclaim the good news of hope for others. Christ is here. He suffered. He paid the price. And He said, come to me if you are burdened. Come to me if you are downcast. And I will give you rest. Let's pray to the Lord. Father, Life is tough. But we've come to your presence and we read your word and we learned that we can come boldly to your throne of grace, sometimes with hard questions, transforming into prayer and coming into a worship. You are in control. And as we come to the table, so many of us, Renew us. Give us the courage to come up front and put our heart before your throne of grace. Give us the blessing of asking the hard questions to you. We do not want to have a plastic Christianity. We don't want to just fake joy. We want to 
cry out when necessary. We want to complain when necessary. But we want to pray and to praise you. Then from protest, protest to pray and praise, give us this path as we learn how to lament before your throne of grace and renew our joy, transform our beings, and bless us to be a blessing to others. We cry out to you with confidence, always praying the name of Jesus. Amen.